to the Iron Mike Keenan Show. The stories behind the stories from the hockey world as witnessed firsthand by the man who was there serving as head coach for eight NHL teams, including the Philadelphia Flyers and Chicago Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals and the New York Rangers as they captured the Cup and ended their 54-year drought. Add to this Iron Mike's time served as head coach in the KHL in Russia and China as well as winner of the Gagarin Cup. And you've got a perspective on the sport few others have. Coach Iron Mike is joined by Hockey Hall of Fame journalist, award-winning author and commentator Scott Morrison. Here they are, Iron Mike Keenan and Scott Morrison. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show, radio show number 14, podcast number 35, the Iron Mike Keenan Show. And Mike, uh, how are we doing today? Absolutely wonderful, Scott. Uh, a great, warm, sunny day here in Key West, South uh, Florida. Uh, the the city is, uh, and, and the uh, certainly the area in the Keys here has done well, and people are living somewhat normally now uh, with uh, the vaccinations being rolled out plentifully and uh, even down to the ages of 18 now. So 18 and, and up, you can be vaccinated, and they're very aggressive about it and have done a good job. Well, up here in Toronto, it's a sunny day and uh, inching towards warm, although there's the threat of snow later in the week, is the wet snow, but still snow means it's going to get colder. But no matter, we don't have anywhere to go up here. We're in a severe lockdown, and the variant is... Uh, getting the better of large parts of Canada. And uh, that brings us to uh, basically the news of the day and the, the Vancouver Canucks. We've talked about them over the past uh, two or three weeks, Mike. And, uh, they've been off since March 24th. Uh, I think it was 21 players uh, were part of the NHL's uh, COVID protocol, the coaches, some management staff, families, uh, just a horrible situation. But all but, I think, three players are back and they play tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's uh, been quite a ride for them. And, and back on the ice, I might add, and after just a couple of days, three days. Well, it's interesting that, uh, and I've read some feedback by the Toronto uh, organization, players and so on. They're a little bit fearful going into Vancouver to play, first of all. And secondly, uh, as you know, uh, the NHL now has extended uh, the schedule time because uh, they have to resolve the the the, the need of a adding a additional days to give these teams time to catch up, particularly Vancouver. And it also uh, really, I think, exposes the possibility, Scott, of how we're going to complete the season and then move into the playoffs. If, if you're in a series with a team and they get COVID and they can't play, how do you continue the series and how do you continue the playoffs? And There's so many variables now. And, and uh, I know you and I talked about it this week as well, that the KHL playing now for the Kagarin Cup, uh, Omsk is avant-garde Omsk, which is in Siberia, uh, coached by Bob Hartley and uh, Jacques Cloutier, are going to play against the Red Army that's located in, in Moscow. So... They were able to to pull off a sixty game schedule without without uh, any uh, major uh, breaks in the schedule without any uh, delays and also they've already played uh, and eliminated uh, fourteen playoff uh, teams so 
Uh, I'm not quite sure. Maybe, as you said, the geography of the and the variables in terms of the number of countries in the space, maybe it's made a difference. But uh, talking to Mike Polino, who was in McNeetagorsk, where I coached, uh, he's now back in Canada, and he's done his quarantine in the hotel in Toronto, uh, and then uh, went to the farm up in Peterborough also, and doing his, his quarantine there. But uh, interesting uh, dynamics. Uh, you know, how do you feel as a Maple Leaf going into Vancouver tonight? It's a little bit scary, and I think that some of the Vancouver players have come out and said it's a little bit scary for them that they're even back playing again. So uh, it's been a challenging uh, schedule for the NHL. And it's, and it's gone off reasonably well when you think of how bad I suppose it, it could be. I mean, Dallas had a stretch where they missed some games. There's been pockets where teams have uh, been shut down. Vancouver has been the worst-case scenario. But I think one of the greatest concerns is them coming back and what kind of – I mean, obviously, they've been cleared by doctors. The doctors asked for – additional time before they get into a game situation you still kind of wonder um physically just where they're going to be at and then physically having to play an incredibly grueling schedule of 19 games in 32 days yeah that was uh, kind of the response from some of the vancouver players is that uh <clears throat> yes we've got through the the protocol now uh, and, and the health standards of being able to come back and play. But a couple of them said, you know, uh, our fitness level, uh, our, our stamina, our, our ability to play uh, such an extraordinary number of games in a, such a short period of time is is going to lead to injuries. And I think it's inevitable. I, I saw it coaching the NHL, and we've referenced back to Philadelphia when we played 26 games in 52 nights. Well, by the time we got to that 26 games in Edmonton, Game 7, Scott, I can tell you that the, the players were completely banged up. I don't, like, I couldn't ask an athlete on that team or a player on that team to give us anything more. Emotionally, mentally, and physically, they were just drawn right out to the, to the max. And it was an interesting study of human behavior, really, to be able to... And, 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 and a... a positive comment on competitiveness and athletes and uh, they're willing to win and, and they're willing to play but it was uh, I mean I I started the following season uh, you know Hextel had the 20 game suspension but our team was still exhausted and there was a lot of concern by Bobby Clark and others in the organization I said guys just let's leave them alone for a little bit even Iron Mike knew enough to, to let up on them. And I said, they'll, they'll, they just need time to get mentally back and focused and energized and, and get emotionally invested again. And, and physically, you know, they're still recovering. So it took us about 20, after 20 games, Scott, we were in last place in the Patrick division, and then we end up going to first place. But it took some patience and some understanding to know how to handle the, this group who had gone through absolutely a horrendous amount of uh, demands put on them. And, and, you know, we had gone to the finals two years before, then we had a death of Pelly Lindbergh, and then uh, trying to sustain that during this the second season I was there. So 
it's a cumulative, and, and I think that these teams are going to recognize and see it uh, in this upcoming uh, playoffs, and also particularly teams like Vancouver have so much, uh, so many games to make up. As I say, 19 in 32 days, their final 7 in 12 days. How much more difficult does it become, Mike, that they're out of the playoffs? They're a dozen points behind Montreal. They do have games in hand. But those games in hand are going to be condensed, so you lose some of the, the luster off those, to be sure. Uh, when you're in that kind of situation, and, I mean, you haven't obviously gone through what they've gone through emotionally and physically off the ice, but, you know, how, how difficult do you think that's going to be for this team? They can't I, soldier through. I think it's going to be very difficult, particularly to motivate them uh, and uh, have them understand uh, the responsibility that they have as players to play. But when you're out of the play, I just d- described our, our, our level of uh, commitment in 26 games and 52 nights, but we're already in the playoffs. We ran up in first place. We're, uh, that year we ran up second place overall. So the motivation was there. I, it's going to be very difficult to, uh, I'll be surprised to, to uh, extract the energy that's going to be necessary to, to meet the demands of that schedule by Vancouver, knowing they are not going to make the playoffs. So for what? What am I uh, putting myself at risk to be injured and so on? So uh, it's a very, very touchy situation for the organization and, and the players themselves and the coaches. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And their revised schedule with their final games against Calgary and I believe Edmonton, just checking quickly. Yeah, three against Calgary and then uh, four against Calgary, one against them. Anyway, um, I wonder if maybe deep down the NHL is hoping that that last week, because they are extending their what was the original schedule of the regular season for playoffs, by a week and uh, maybe hoping that those final games don't matter positionally in the standings and maybe you just wipe them out at that point and, and move on. Well, that's, that's a possibility. But uh, again, uh, as we said, there's so many unknown variables right now. Another team getting COVID, uh, teams that are, as you mentioned, for example, Calgary, uh, you know, they're in a big push but it's going to be very difficult for them to catch Montreal, even uh, with the number of games left and and who they have to play because they're all four-point games, as you know, and they just lost a critical game to Montreal, a team that they must catch. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what how these dynamics uh, play out. And, and uh, it'll be extremely interesting to be coaching right now because of all the different you, you know we had lots of challenges in a 82 game schedule and an 80 game schedule at one time and and then playing every other day and the demands that were placed upon the players and now tv's taken over and they extend the playoff series uh, uh with f- more days in between games than than what i was accustomed to when i first came in the league but how are they going to uh, how are they going to have this all s- successfully completed? The Stanley Cup, and uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think it, it must be done and finished before the Olympics because NBC is the big carrier in the United States, and they're going to be carrying the Olympics. So 
Uh, I, I don't know if they can continue to have the playoff games during the Olympics or not. I don't think so, but uh, maybe uh, since you were in the in the broadcast business uh, much more than longer I was, maybe you would have some insight on that. Yeah, I don't think they can drift by unless NBC was willing to walk away from those games. And they've spent a, month, a lot of money. I think they'd want to have the championship games on their network, especially since they put it on the main network, not just the, their sports channel. So uh, we'll see what the NHL comes up with. Maybe there's an option that depending at the condensed the first round to five, a best of five as opposed to a best of seven. There's, I guess there's variables they can do, but you mentioned that Montreal, Calgary and Calgary, six points back. Uh, Montreal has games in hand, but not unlike a Vancouver scenario, Montreal's games are condensed because they had a COVID shutdown and those two teams play in the week ahead three times. So if Calgary can get hot at the re- at the right time, it could be a very interesting stretch, stretch drive for those teams. But you've been mentioning more, and God forbid it happened, shutdowns, obviously. Uh, but Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada last night uh, reported that one idea that's being tossed around and just tossed is the the key word here right now is for the Canadian teams um, because they're playing at home rinks spread across the country and after two rounds they would have to the winner would have to move in to play in the uh, semifinals with the three American uh, winners is to possibly move those Canadian teams into a bubble into the states for the first two rounds so you don't run the risk of getting a shutdown because the american teams seemingly are are safer because a lot of the players have got vaccines which is not the case uh, here in canada with the players yeah well excuse me as you said it's an idea has been tossed around but it it makes a lot of sense for example buffalo is not going to make the playoffs so maybe the maple leaves go to buffalo uh, just as the baseball team, the Blue Jays moved to the United States, uh, and uh, the, you know, there's a variety of, of locations or uh, where where the Canadian teams could move to uh, to make that happen in, in the in in the way that you just mentioned uh, to ensure that there isn't going to be a, a complete disruption. And then you have to deal with, and I, I don't know the policy or what it's going to be. Uh, if a Canadian team is hosting an American team, you know, right now they, they'd come in, they'd have to quarantine for 14 days. So they got it. They, they have to resolve this problem somehow. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, to your point with the border and, well, seven days, they shrunk it for hockey players. So hockey players are different. <laughs> the rest of our population, but um, we won't go there. But, uh yeah, I mean, and that's a ways down the road before they'd have to deal with the cross-border issues. You'd probably end up shipping a Canadian team down somewhere in the States as a home base to play against the, the three American teams at that point. So a lot of uh, a lot of road ahead of us be before we get there. And, uh, I guess the main thing is just to, to hope that, uh, that we can get there safely and no more cases because that's the main thing was really scary about that Vancouver scenario is that it wasn't just players. It was families. I heard players talking about having wives at home for X number of days long and pregnancies and things like that. That's becomes real life in a real hurry. It really does. And uh, uh, 
again, there's a lot of uh, uh, variables that uh, all these players have to deal with, and particularly now the uh, the worst case scenario happening in Vancouver. So uh, again, we hope, but uh, it's a it's a crazy virus. It's unpredictable, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, uh, it's challenging at the best of times to be a coach in the NHL and to succeed as a player, but uh, this is even more incredibly challenging, uh, just all the different variables that are involved. So uh, the NHL, uh, you know, they continue to, to do their best, and we have to give them a lot of credit for doing that, to even continue to hold this uh, schedule up, and even though they've extended it and, and be getting prepared for all the different scenarios that might occur, uh, come uh, the conclusion of the of the schedule, which is going to happen very quickly, and then, of course, uh, trying to com complete the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's going to be extremely challenging. A lot of challenges indeed ahead. So let's hope for the best. And um, just a quick thought, because we've talked about them most weeks, and uh, I wouldn't say that we picked them when we're when they were down, but they were so down that couldn't help but stumble over them at the very least but um buffalo sabers uh meandering along this season they went through this horrific losing streak they some big contract players not performing they ended up uh firing their coach um fairly deep into this abbreviated season and uh they lost yesterday but until yesterday over uh, their last 10 games, they were tied for fourth in the NHL in terms of points. 5-2-3 uh, uh, was their record. So, and, and nestled alongside the big boys. So, they found a little bit of life. So, my question to you, and you've been on both sides of it, is what does a coaching team, why does a coaching team often inspire some kind of life out of a team or breathe life into a team? Well, they, they sometimes uh, <clears throat> aren't buying uh, the message that the particular coach is delivering or uh, they get into uh, a slump, if you like, and that was the case in Buffalo. Slump busting is one of the skills you have to have as a coach. But the other part of this, Scott, is, and, and I'm glad you brought this up, Sometimes what happens is, in this case, you know, when there's pressure on to win, to succeed, and I experienced this uh, probably the, most vividly in my first year in Chicago. We went in, we tried to change the culture of the team, and, and they, have, they had this fear of losing. They, they didn't know how to win, and it continued for a long time, and we kind of broke that cycle, but maybe in Buffalo now, it's laissez-faire. I mean, what? We just let's just go out and have fun and play because nobody expects us to do anything. We're not expected to make the playoffs. We're not going to make the playoffs. So uh, their attitude when there's pressure on them, and maybe the previous coach didn't manage that property or develop that aspect of their team and changing the expectations amongst them that it didn't drive fear into them. And when they have that fear, they, a lot of them freeze up. They can't perform well. And I don't know what happened to Hall. He's the biggest name that I guess that was traded. 
he goes to the boss and he starts scoring. Like, so now is it because he's just more comfortable? The coach says, you're just one of the players here. Uh, Bruce Cassidy comes in and puts him with players that he can succeed with. And he just goes out and plays and he's obviously talented and scores. But maybe in Buffalo, he was felt the pressure of maybe shouldering the entire team. The captain goes down injured. Now the expectations have become even greater. And he just seized up. He couldn't perform. And uh, so there's a, you know, two different scenarios. The change for the player to go to a different team and the expectations have changed of, in terms of what his role is with that group. Or you change the coach uh, and then at the same time the circumstances are such that Buffalo have nothing to lose. So let's just go out and play. And all of a sudden now they're getting some success because other teams that they're playing are under pressure to win. They have to win. And it's be interesting to see if Daryl Sutter can get this group in, in Calgary to understand that quick enough to make the playoffs. And they're not, uh, Montreal are facing the same pressures. As you said, the, those games they're going to play against each other are, are incredibly pressure-packed for both teams. So there's a little bit of an explanation of what goes on to sort of answer your question. I think hopefully it wasn't sideways, but it's some, it's some, uh, some of the things that I've experienced in the past. Okay, we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we're going to take a break. Uh, but when we come back, I just want to continue on that theme to the degree of slump busting of what you've done in the past with some of the worst slumps you've kind of endured and, and what tricks you pull out of your bag from tough guy to nice guy to somewhere in between and, uh, and get teams along or not, I'm, I'm sure in some cases. And uh and I should mention not to kick kick them when they're down, but that loss, they were five, two, and three, and that loss yesterday by the Sabers officially made them playoffs for a tenth straight season. So, amid some of that glimmer of hope, some more doom and gloom. So, with that, we'll take a break, and we'll be back with more of the Iron Mike Keenan Show. Welcome back to the show, and uh, we were talking about slumps and teams going through tough times, and we'll come back to that. Uh, you talk about tough times, and we've, we've talked real life uh, off the top of this show, and, and Mike, uh, a very sad anniversary coming up uh, uh, this week, 10 years uh, since the passing of a, of a really great guy that we loved as coaches, players, and media. Uh, and he was your assistant coach in, in Philadelphia, for sure, E.J. McGuire. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the 10th anniversary just passed, and uh, uh, certainly uh, a, a great guy, a very loyal man. Worked with me in Rochester when he was working on his Ph.D. in Brockport. Uh, and then uh, University of Waterloo, he was coaching with Jack Birch when I was coaching University of Toronto, and then he hooked up uh, and came to Philadelphia with me and then Chicago and then left to coach in the Boston Bruins organization. But uh, uh, super bright guy, uh, extremely hardworking, great family man. Uh, and he's been missed. I mean, it was like losing a brother to me when he passed. Uh, I, 
I lost my, my brother at a young age, and uh, then I, you know, working with somebody for so many years every day, uh, a couple of Irishmen at that, McGuire and Keenan. So, yeah, we we uh, had a great bond and a great relationship. So, you know, those those anniversaries, unfortunately, you remember, and uh, we just went by EJ's tenth. So, uh, Terry, his wife, he's got two daughters, and. You know, there were small, small ladies, little girls, ten years ago, and they're young adults. So it's it's always tough to to have those days uh, be remembered, I guess, from time to time. Well, and EJ went on to head up Central Scouting for the National Hockey League. Did a great job with that. And you know, you mentioned about assistant coaches, and you're together every day. Like it, there has to be. I mean, you mentioned coach you had in uh, and we're into our last minute here so uh a coach you had in boston that you you felt was undermining you and assistant but you really have to have a special relationship don't you you really do and to to excel you have to have a team you have to be a team just like uh, developing your own team yeah there's there can't be any uh, you can have all the discussions you want behind closed doors and uh debate what you want to talk about whether it's a system you're using or how to handle a player and so on but once the door is open to the public or to the team then it's one front and that's the only way you can succeed well just like doing a radio show and a podcast you have to have a united front when you get to the airways exactly <laughs> I lose all the battles behind closed doors with that we'll say goodbye to uh, the first half hour thanks for listening to the iron viking show this has been the Iron Mike Keenan Show, featuring Coach Iron Mike Keenan and Hockey Hall of Fame journalist Scott Morrison. Look for more of our podcasts online and listen every week for the stories behind the stories from the hockey world as witnessed firsthand by Iron Mike, Scott, and their guests. All preceding content is property of Keyway Worldwide Corporation and may not be duplicated, distributed, or sold without the express written permission of Keyway Worldwide Corporation. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening to the Iron Mike Keenan Show.